Support for Essential Tremors comes from the Big Ears Festival, celebrating 10 years with Los Lobos, Bill Frizzell, Edgar Meyer, and John Zorn. March 30th through April 2nd in Knoxville. BigEarsFestival.org. This episode is brought to you by Atomic Books. Atomic is an independent bookstore full of objects made of paper, vinyl, plastic, and various other actual materials at the edge of time. Specializing in literary comics, small press, art books, and great regional beer at 8 Bar in the back of the store. Come to 3620 Falls Road in Hamden or go to AtomicBooks.com. Atomic Books, literary finds for mutated minds. Marvin doesn't actually explain to you who he's talking about or why these people are gone. He just leaves it for you to join the dots. And, and I've, I've learned a lot in my own songwriting from my early days of punk rock uh, where everything was angry and everything was full speed. I managed to kind of step back a little bit and now uh, understand that you know, there's a lot of empathy in the, in the, the more personal songs, that in the intimacy uh, of a song like Tracks of My Tears or Abraham, Martin and John, you really are able to connect with people in, in a much greater way than if you're hammering them over the head with it. This is Essential Tremors. I'm Lee Gardner. I'm Matt Byers. The idea behind this show is to have musicians and other creators talk about songs that shaped who they are. We're not looking for favorite songs necessarily. We're also not looking for songs that they'd choose to take with them if they were stranded on a desert island. What we're looking for are songs that have significance to them. Songs that might have changed the course of their creative lives or their lives in general. just his piercing, overdriven electric guitar through an amp. He's also a storyteller's storyteller, honing his material busking on the streets of London. His funny without being comedic, yet heartfelt lyrics describe alienation and loneliness, as well as a dyed-in-the-wool, pro-working-class, 
pro-union stance and have stood the test of time as some of the best of his era. Coupled with his strong pop songwriting sensibilities, Bragg's career has now spanned four decades. His newest album, The Million Things That Never Happened, is out on cooking vinyl. The first song Bragg chose as being formative for him was Tracks of My Tears by Smokey Robinson and the Miracles. for me would be The Tracks of My Tears by Smokey Robinson and The Miracles. And one of the reasons why I really love this song is because of its simplicity. There are only three chords and it. it is perhaps the greatest three chord trick of all time that Smokey's pulled off there. He's produced it uh, with his friends at Tamla Motown in a way that elevates those three chords to something almost biblical in the, the, the literal sense because in the chorus of the song, there's something really interesting happening, which is there are horns playing a counter melody that seems to go the opposite way to the tune of the song. And it's it's like they're trying to blow down the walls of Jericho that have cut Smokey off from his beloved, who he's uh, crying over in the song. Um, and... From the first time I heard it, it, it resonated with me. I've always been a fan of unrequited love songs. They're my favourite kind. As someone who uh, famously uh, had to uh, needed a dictionary to find out the meaning of unrequited, as I once said in one of my songs, those kind of sentiments have always connected with me. And for me, Smokey Robinson opened that world of... Uh, 60s American soul music for me that I was really, really heavily into as a as a teenager. Most of the stuff that had been recorded actually in the previous decade, I was just catching up on it because I finally had the means to record it from often from the record collections of my friends' elder sisters. And those Tony Motown Chartbusters records, not only did they show me how to write a simple but effective song, they also introduced me to politics because... Although ostensibly it's, particularly with Motown, it's kind of pop soul. It's, you know, the music of young America. It's very gaudy, wanting very broad stuff. By the time you get to volume five, something's going on. There's tracks like War by Edwin Starr. There's Ball of Confusion is in there. 
Among the pop songs by the Jackson Five and the Supremes, you come to Abraham, Martin and John by Marvin Gaye and you realise that what's changed is the the assassination of Dr King has, has changed the nature, even of somewhere as poppy as Motown has had to respond to that. And so Smokey kind of brought me into that world where I was hearing and in some ways taken on board through a process of osmosis, the politics of the civil rights movement in America in the 1960s. And both Smokey, with his arrangement of the tracks of my tears, as I say, that great three-chord trick, and all, but also Marvin with Abraham, Martin and John, taught me that you don't have to be angry to make a song with incredible emotional power. Because if you're not familiar with the song, Abraham, Martin and John, it's, it's a string-drenched ballad. And Marvin doesn't actually explain to you who he's talking about or why these people are gone. He just leaves it for you to join the dots. And, and I've, I've learned a lot in my own songwriting from my early days of punk rock, uh, where everything was angry and everything was full speed. I managed to kind of step back a little bit and now uh, understand that you know, there's a lot of empathy in the, in the, the more personal songs, that in the intimacy uh, of a song like Tracks of My Tears or Abraham, Martin and John, you really are able to connect with people in, in a much greater way than if you're hammering them over the head with it. So how old were you and where were you when you first heard this song? I must have heard it on the radio before I managed to tape it from Paul Charman's Big Sisters record collection. Um, you know, I, I love listening to the radio uh, before I went out to do my paper round in the morning. I was very much into pop music, which is, I think, why my parents bought me the wheel-to-wheel tape machine. They recognised there was something in there. Um, they didn't buy me a record player because then they would have to buy records for me as well. But with a tape machine, they knew I could just, you know, tape it straight off the radio, which of course is what I did. Um, so that that song and, and the rest of the songs on those early albums all, all really came from uh, taping them off a of friend's records. And I know there's a big thing made in the 1980s about home taping, killing music, but I can tell you, you know, I bought those records so many times. You know, I might be in a truck stop somewhere and, in, in, you know, in the middle of America and I'll see the Tamla Motown Chartbusters Volume 5 cassette for six bucks. I'll take that. I want that hit now. I want to hear I want to put it on my cassette player on the bus. I want to hear that. So, you know, although, yeah, I ripped it off in the first place, but I can assure you that Smokey Robinson got his five bucks off me in the end. <laughs> The second song Bragg chose as essential to his formation as an artist was Willin' by Little Feet. I've been warped by the rain, driven by the snow. I'm drunk and dirty, don't you know, and I'm still... And I was out on the road Late at night I seen my pretty Alice In every headlight Alice Dallas Alice And I've been from Tucson to Tucumcari To Hatch up be to Tonabar Driven every kind of rig That's ever been made Driven the back road So I wouldn't get way 
if you give me weed, white sand, wine, and you show me a sign. I am a rather apprehensive flyer. And it's one of those things that I have to do because of my job. I would never have been able to really come to the United States of America and tour viably without dealing with that on a day-to-day basis. I'm never happy going up. I'm always happy coming down. And one time I was on a particularly long flight. I was actually going to Bolivia to make a documentary for the BBC. And we'd flown all the way to Rio. And now we were flying over the Amazon towards the Andes in the dark on a small aeroplane. And I had been awake for 18 hours and I really needed some coffee. And I was having one of those conversations with myself that goes something like, why am I sitting here? How did I end up putting myself in this position? Why am I doing this stupid job? Why am I going to, you know, we all have it. We all have these days where the self-pity overcomes us and we start thinking to ourselves. At the time, I, I carried a cassette player with me and just would put on, you know, cassettes that I'd compiled of tracks. I just put something on, just something to listen to. And all of a sudden, the clouds parted, the plane banked, and there was Lake Titicaca. And as that happened, Willing by Little Feet came on in my headphones. And I smiled to myself because I knew immediately, I knew why I was there. I was there because I'm willing. And I kind of come back to that track whenever I'm feeling a bit sorry for myself on those days where I've kind of put myself in a position where I'm doing those things that I got this job to avoid. Like, for instance, getting up stupidly early to go on an aeroplane. I sort of, you know, grip my tooth when I do it. But to relax myself, to chill myself out, I find uh, Little Feet, Lal George's uh, version of Willing really just gets me back focused again and reminds me why I'm doing this job. Because, you know, there's a really long line of people I know who would love to be sitting where I am on this aeroplane, flying to New York to do some gigs. That's a long line. And when I think of all the people I don't know who'd like to be doing this job, well, obviously, you know, we're, we're talking millions. So in that sense, I recognise that I'm self-medicating by playing that song. I'm lifting myself up. That's what music is partly for. Um, but I'm drawing something from that song that is, is very personal to me. Um, the song itself is actually about a truck driver. Um, and he's kind of talking about being willing to do what he does. But it, it works for all of us. I think those of us who live our lives on the road particularly, where we end up doing some stupid things. I once got off a bus in a place called Cap Girado in the middle of the night looking for something to eat, and I went into the gas station, and there were these fried things in this water on top of this thing, and I said to the kid behind the counter, what are these, mate? And he says, them's gizzards and them's livers. And I looked at it and I thought, you know what? I'm just going to have a, a coffee and a cookie, please, mate. You know, you find yourself in these weird situations where you're outside of your comfort zone. That's that's what willing is about to me, how you deal with that, how you deal with the darkness of the day to get to that point that you really live for, which is the point when you walk out into the spotlight, you plug in your guitar and you tell your truth. And willing is part of my truth. I, I You've had this experience more than I have because my touring has been much more limited, to say the least, but... I'm, do you do you still have that feeling when you're in some town, even if you've been there before, and have to consciously think, "Where am I?" Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, I have done that. I once um, was in bed in Japan, and 
uh, I was woken from sleep by the hotel beginning to shake. An earthquake was clearly happening. I leapt out of bed, opened the windows, and I was in Germany and a train was going by. I had been in Japan a week before, so I was just a little bit a little bit behind. But yeah, that was my, oh my God, that's gonna, you know, when you, when you, English people sleeping in earthquake zones, we're always a little bit on edge. You know, it's not something we have much experience of. To be moving. You're listening to Essential Tremors. After the break, we'll hear more about our guests' essential songs. The final piece of music Bragg chose as being crucial to him was Baba O'Reilly by The Who. O'Reilly by The Who is a song that really very, very close to my heart. Not perhaps the reason you think. Obviously, the content of it is great. I love the song. I've always loved the song. But it's one of the first songs I bonded over with my son. You know, I always imagined me and him would be going to football together. When he was about six years old in a big shopping centre in Southampton, I made him put on the shirt of my soccer team, West Ham United, and he cried. And a bloke looked at me as if to say, at least let him put on a Manchester United shirt. And after that, I left it. And then one day, we were driving somewhere and we were listening to um, Sticky Fingers by the Rolling Stones and Moonlight Mile came on. And I said to him, check out this bit here where the Keith plays this riff and the strings pick up the riff. Slowly but surely, the entire orchestra plays Keith's riff. Check it out. We drove in silence. He said, wow, Dad, that was incredible. And I said, yeah, you know what, son? I never had this conversation with my father. And he said to me, yeah, it's great, isn't it? And it was that moment I realised that we, we found something that we could bond over. And Barbara O'Reilly was one of his early, I mean, he's a huge Ramones fan, but the only, he's a songwriter in his own right. In fact, he co-wrote one of the songs on my latest album with me. He's been writing songs for 15 years. Um, 
And the only the only song I ever taught him to play uh, was uh, Blitzkrieg Bop, showed him where to put his fingers. But he actually learned to play by playing Guitar Hero, which is a bit weird. Um, because because the thing about Guitar Hero is it allows you to – it teaches you to strum in time. You have to strum and press the buttons. So after a year of that, he knew how to strum along with the track, and he and his mates used to get together and get, get real guitars and strum along to Barber O'Reilly because without the, the, the um, amazing computerized keyboard part, it's really just three chords. Da, mm-hmm. da, da. Mm-hmm. And they were just playing the bass string. Boom. Boom, boom, playing along with it in the way they play along with the song on uh, Guitar Hero. And I was, like, amazed by this. So I tried to teach him, and he was like, get off, Dad, you know. Can't do it, can't do it. Um, so he kind of, that's how he learned to play. And then whenever I hear that song, I think of him. And when we saw The Who together, we went to see him at Wembley. And when they played Baba O'Reilly in the encore, he leapt out of his chair in ecstasy, gave me a huge hug, and he's like... This is it. And on the way home, I said to him, you know that moment when you heard the riff from Bubba O'Reilly and you leapt out of the chair? That's how I feel when West Ham score. Now, did you get it? You know what? I, I have a long, uh, a lifelong Who fan and even an earlier in my life, sort of a, not an archivist, but like a very into the deep dive. And the, um, I now I forget the name of the book, but maybe it's just the Who Maximum R&B that came out. In the 80s, and I sucked up every word and ever memorized every picture. And I didn't realize fully until maybe last week that that was a reference to Terry Riley. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it is, and it's so amazing how it puts it frames that keyboard part in such a different way. Um, and it just brought everything together because that is one of my favorite songs. It never misses. And then you tie in that you know it's sort of emblematic of the how forward thinking Pete was all the time while at the same time remaining incredibly accessible to people, so it's fascinating. The name of my son's first band was Teenage Wasteland. Oh, nice. It kind of goes deep with me and my boy, that's right. whenever that's I hear great. it, I'm like, wherever you are, son, I'm tuning into you, wherever you are. This has been Essential Tremors. Essential Tremors is produced by me, Matt Byers, and Lee Gardner. Essential Tremors is distributed by WYPR Baltimore. For more information about Essential Tremors, go to EssentialPodcast.com. Thanks for listening.